0: Hi, gente, welcome to Peruvian City USA, the podcast where we share the diversity of the Peruvian immigrant experience. This is your host, Natalie Sofia, and this community was born from the need to create a space for Peruvian immigrants to come together, to support each other, to learn from each other, and to document our stories. The stories our guests share with us are deeply personal and paint a new portrait of what it means to be a Peruvian immigrant. I hope you receive these stories with an open heart and an open mind. So, let's get started. Hola mi gente, bienvenidos al episodio 95 de Peruvians of USA. En este episodio les traigo una conversación que tuve con Fundación Puro Perú en el verano del 2020. En el verano del 2020, Silvia, la presidenta de Fundación Puro Perú, me invitó a participar en un live que ellos tenían para hablar acerca de finanzas personales, creo se dice así, y hablamos de cómo hacer un presupuesto, cómo ahorrar y cómo mejorar el crédito um, lo que se llama acá en Estados Unidos, tu credit score. Y tu historial de crédito es muy importante aquí en los Estados Unidos porque es la forma de que uno puede ir a prestar dinero al banco para una hipoteca o para un auto o X razón. También es importante porque a veces los las personas que alquilan departamentos chequean tu, tu um, credit history o tu credit score, tu historial de crédito o tu, tu puntaje, digamos, del crédito. Sé que estamos a finales del del 2023, pero aprender de educación financiera nunca, nunca es tarde, y eso es algo que nos ayuda en el próximo año. Bueno, espero que les guste este episodio y cualquier cosa, um, mandenme un mensaje a través de Instagram. Okay, chao. Before we get started, please note that the information provided in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only, and it's not intended to be professional financial advice. I am not a licensed financial advisor, and any information shared on this podcast should not be considered as a substitute for personalized advice from a licensed professional. Before making any financial decisions, please consult your own financial advisor. By listening to this podcast, you acknowledge that any reliance
1: on the information provided is solely at your own risk. Hola amigos de Fundación Puro
0: Peru. Amigos, amigas, familiares, amistades. Todo el mundo de Puro Perú, muchísimas gracias por estar el día de hoy con nosotros. Tenemos a una amiga, bueno, aquí estamos con Silvia, la presidenta, Juliana, la vicepresidenta, y tenemos a wonderful guest. Her name is Natalie Flores, and she is going to talk to us about finance, how to save. Uh, we have a few questions for her, and thank you so much, Natalie, for being here. Um, for being so helpful to Fundación Puro Perú as we go through all of these wonderful, wonderful COVID-19 um, adventures. <laughs> yeah. How are you, Natalie? Doing good. Thank you to the three of you for having me today. I really appreciate it. Uh, and thank you to Sylvia. We've known each other for a That's long good. time, so it was really nice to reconnect with her. Oh, that, How long have you guys known each other? Since so we were kids, um, I since I was 10, and it was a little few years ahead of me in school, so I always asked her questions about school and college, and actually, I'm very grateful to her and her dad, who really were pivotal in my decision to major in engineering and to go to university, and they provided a lot of guidance for me in a time where I was new to the country and i didn't know anything so that was she was definitely a a great mentor and so was her dad Uh, her dad actually taught me algebra when i was in middle school so (laughs) yeah oh my god That's wonderful that is so cool that's a really cool story Um natalie i also know that you are engaged so congratulations thank you thank you i i I hope that we get an invitation Well, with COVID, the, with COVID, who knows, right? Like I you know. know, I know, I yeah. know. All right, so we're gonna start. I know that there's so many things we can cover when it comes to finance. I, I tantas tantas ideas eh, como ahorrar, cómo hacer un, un presupuesto en la casa, y nos vamos a, a tener porque como queremos que que sea específica. Pers, eh, preguntas,
1: uh-huh. porque en uh-huh. realidad
0: hay, te estoy diciendo, hay muchas eh, si hay alguien, si ustedes tienen amigos de, de fundación, si tienen este, alguna pregunta que le quieren hacer a Natalie, por favor ah, pongan en los comentarios y nosotros definitivamente este le podemos responder después de hablar con, con Natalie una de las preguntas Natalie es acerca de how to budget uh-huh. in a way where at the end of the day you're still having savings Mm-hmm. savings is something that as a culture we're not really taught to do we're taught to work hard right we're taught to have two three jobs but right. how do we save can you All talk right. to us a little bit about that yeah and i think you brought up a really good point like as a culture as a community we're hard workers we are hard workers nobody can deny that right just look around in your family and your friends like people have like they're working around the clock. they have two or three jobs and so one of, one of my, I guess, missions is, and maybe this is why Sylvia reached out to me, it's to really help the Latino community to save and invest their money because, um, para qué venimos a este país si no solamente para matarnos trabajando, sino para triunfar y para lograr um, el sueño americano, como decirlo de esa manera, ¿no? Entonces, ahorrar y invertir es una manera de hacerlo. Pero tu pregunta es más, ¿cómo hacer el budget? ¿Cómo hacer ese presupuesto? Y una de las, maneras, uh, una de mis recomendaciones sería, el primer paso sería entender primero tu, como le dicen, el flujo de fondos, o tu cash flow, ¿verdad? O sea, el primer paso sería track your expenses por un mes, sería. Entonces, if you, one way to do that is you can look at your bank statements from last month, all of them, for all credit cards, for all checking accounts, just look at your bank statements and add uh, add all of that up And compare that to what you brought in, like what was your income for that month and see that difference, right? For some of us, the difference is going to be positive, which means that you had more income than you had expenses. And for other of us, that means that it could be negative, right? That means you had more expenses than your income. And neither, and obviously the positive would be better, but both are a starting point. So the first step is really to understand what, your cash flow is, and I understand that tracking your expenses could be a lot of work, so that's why I said like mm-hmm. you could go to your bank account and and pull that information. Usually, your bank right has the ability to give you that in a spreadsheet already, so you don't even have to enter any information it already gives it to you in a spreadsheet, and you can do like the uh, sum of all the expenses and the sum of all the incomes that you had now that you know whether it's negative or positive, I would say
1: that you try to figure out of those expenses, I said. So now you know, OK, I added
0: todos mis gastos, todos los ingresos, que es negativo o positivo. Tienes una idea. Y eso te va a dar una idea de, OK, bueno, estoy gastando más de lo que traigo, o no estoy gastando más de lo que traigo. Entonces, tengo una oportunidad de ahorrar. Si tu número es negativo, vas a tener que hacer algunos, uh, recortar algunos gastos, ¿verdad? Pero si tu, tu número es positivo, tienes la oportunidad de tener esos, de, de, de ahorrar. Pero también puedes, uh, como le dicen, optimizar algunos de esos gastos. Entonces, yo diría que después de que tienes una lista de todos sus transactions, you categorize it. And the way to categorize it would be like, one, it's um, survival needs. So um, Sylvia, can you tell me like one expense that it's a survival need for you? I think for her is dining out. <laughs> Sylvia, is that a survival need for you? Dining out? No, I don't know she could hear you. Okay. How about you? Uni- What's one survival survival <laughs> need? Dining out. I'm telling you. We <laughs> love to go out to eat. Okay. So, so I, I think would- it would be, I think one thing would be like, um, like to have enough money to pay your basic like electricity, water, right? Um, right. Your yeah, those would be the, the the most important things, and right, probably childcare, right? If in order for you to you work, need you it. have to pay them. right. Yeah. So then I would say your survival needs are that, right? Your survival needs are your rent because you need a house, you uh-huh. need groceries, like um, uh, you need groceries to eat food. You need to be your electricity, your water, right? And those are your survival needs. Uh, Unfortunately, eating out is not a survival need because you can get groceries to be at home. Mm -hmm. So like, so then you categorize that as a survival need. The second category would be a must-have, something that you want, you must have it, right? So that could be your car because it gives you, uh, you know, it's your transportation to work if you need it. Uh, For others, it could be eating out. Like that's important to you, right? So then you can can have that as a must-have. And then the third one is a nice to have. What is a nice to have? For example, for some of us, it could be like getting my manicure, right? That's not a survival need. I don't need it to survive. It's not a must-have because uh, it's, it's not something I have to have every, every month, but it's a nice to have, right? Mm-hmm. So then once you have all your transactions, you have your survival needs that like, you will die if you don't have this. So like, you need your house, you need your utilities, you need your food. And then you have your must-haves, which it could be transportation, childcare, things like that. And then you have your nice to have, which could be, for some, it could be eating out, manicure. It could be like getting new clothes or something like that. And then you see which ones of those expenses is the most. And then one approach is to cut, to reduce your expenses and the nice to have, right? Maybe you don't have to eat out all the time, or maybe you don't have to get the manicure all the time. So, would you consider Netflix a uh, must-have, must-have? Uh, especially because <laughs> I, especially I think, yeah, right, <laughs> right now I feel like Netflix is a must-have because we're home all day, right? But I think five months ago, right, Netflix would have been like,
1: well, do we really yeah. need it?
0: So, I would say uh the thing about personal finance, so it's personal, right, like. If you, have, if you have kids and you're at home now because of COVID and we're not able to go anywhere and we have to entertain our family somehow, it's, it, it could be a must-have, right? Like Netflix is a must-have. you need to entertain your kids. Disney Plus is a must-have because it helps entertain your kids and give you like a breather, you know, for an hour or so. But uh, for others, like, so I'm not a mom yet. Netflix is not a must have for me. I actually don't watch uh, TV a lot. And so for me, like, it's not a must have, it's a nice to have. So it's very personal to everybody. Uh, It could be like for some eating, having like takeout food at least once a week, is a must have because like, you know, I'm tired of cooking every day. I need to have at least one day that's a takeout. That's for my own sanity, my own self-care. And that's a must have, right? But then there are others who like to cook. And that's not a must have for them. So it's very personal. And it's something that when you're going on your transactions that you have to do, you have to think about like, what's for you, not, not what Sandra thinks is a must have, or Sylvia thinks it's a must have. Like she has her must haves that are different than mine,
1: different than yours. And so, right. uh, but you have to be honest with yourself and that's the key. Yeah. And also it's a, it's a monthly thing, right? A monthly review, things happen. They're going to change in the next three months. So it's an yeah. ongoing effort that you have to review your, your expenses.
0: Yeah. Claro. yeah. And one of the things that um sometimes I see people do is they um so they try to they try to cut only on the nice to haves right? And sometimes the nice to have for us is like those dollars de cafe or four dollars of coffee or like thirty bucks, you know, for uh, whatever takeout, Chinese takeout. But sometimes the biggest expenses that we can cut are actually in our must haves. So, like, or rent, right? So, I think it's harder for sure once when, when you have kids to like pick up and move somewhere cheaper. You know, that's definitely easier when you're like young and single. Um, but, like, for example, like insurance, there are ways to cut on your insurance policies. Uh, there's something called Policy Genius online that helps you figure out if you have the best insurance possible, the most affordable one. And so I don't want people to just focus on the small expenses and trying to cut them. There are big expenses that you can cut. You can cut like your car insurance, your home insurance. Uh, There are ways to cut your cell phone. For example, uh, there's something called uh, Mint Mobile. And uh, it's not the best service, but like I'm home most of the time. so I'm connected to Wi-Fi, but I paid about 200. I think it was $240 for eight gigas per month for the whole year. That's my that's my phone bill. Two hundred dollars for the whole year. I don't uh-huh. have. Wow. I, I don't have a. I don't have a monthly phone bill. If repeat Mint Mobile y puedes traer tu número, o sea, puedes traer tu número, puedes traer tu teléfono, o sea, no tienes que cambiarte el número ni sí. nada. Pero hay formas de, hay formas de ahorrar en esos gastos grandes también, no solamente ahorrar en el cafecito, ahorrar en el, en esas cosas pequeñas, porque un dólar aquí, un dólar allá, es bueno, es bueno ahorrarse esos gastos, pero también tenemos que ver a esos gastos grandes de el alquiler, del
1: seguro, del teléfono, de cómo reducir esos gastos también. Sí. ¿Algunas preguntas? Sí, ya que estás hablando de todas esas cosas, lo que se me ocurrió es, mira, de repente, ¿cómo podemos arreglar nuestro crédito? o ¿La gente que tiene crédito por primera vez, qué es sí. lo que pueden enseñar, algún tip, algo que nos puedas uh, decir?
0: Sí, no, esa es muy buena pregunta y eso es algo que la comunidad latina, cuando llega a este país, es algo que tiene que aprender rápido, ¿no? Porque no en nuestros países tal vez no tenemos ese historial de crédito. Que, que se tiene acá y, y es, es el historial de crédito, es algo que es como tu, una nota pública, una nota pública que tienes, uh, que los no solamente uh, cuando quieres alquilar un apartamento, chequean, o cuando quieres comprar un auto y para un préstamo de un auto, comprar una casa, sino también hasta para buscar trabajos, ven tu historia, tu histori- uh, credit score. Uh, entonces, es muy, muy importante y es muy importante mantenerlo. Uh, mantener un buen puntaje. ¿Y qué significa un buen puntaje? Uh, lo que los expertos dicen, que un buen puntaje es, o sea, un como decirle una A o un D en Perú, que en la nota 20, ¿no? sería de uh, 720 para arriba. Es un buen puntaje, es una excelente puntaje. Uh, average, que le dicen, un promedio es de 640, creo, algo así. Y ma- menos de eso, o sea, no, no es, uh, no, existe. no No, no, este no existe. No, existe. No, no es muy bueno, no es muy bueno. No. Y lo importante para entender el, el historial de creo, en la nota, el credit score, esa nota, uh, eh, es entender los factores que influyen ese 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 número, ¿verdad? El más alto creo es, uh, la verdad no sé, creo que es 850, pero si ya tienes más de de 800 para arriba, o sea, estás perfecto. De 7 para de más de siete, uh, 720, estás Bien, excelente. Y 640 cuarenta, sí es como el, prom- el average que le dicen promedio. Pero los factores que impactan tu, tu tu credit score son um, your payment history, o sea, si estás pagando tus cuentas a tiempo, cuando llega, cuando recibes tu tu uh, credit card bill online o lo que sea, uh, tienes que pagar por, por lo menos el mínimo y, y a tiempo. Eso es no ese ese Es, uh, ese factor influye el 35% de tu credit score. O sea, mm-hmm. si es que si es que no estás pagando a tiempo y no pagas el mínimo, o sea, es como que te si te redujeran una nota, el 35%. O sea, de lo que tenía 100, ahora tienes, tienes 75, ¿verdad? Entonces, eh, eso influye mucho. No, entonces, el primer consejo sería es pagar tus cuentas a tiempo y pagar por lo menos el mínimo. Yo, mi recomendación siempre es pagarlo todo porque no quiero que la gente pierda el dinero pagando esos intereses de tarjetas de créditos que es mucho pero sí pero al, al mínimo tienes que pagar ese ese que dice minimum amount verdad claro otra cosa también que influye es uh, cuánto debes por ejemplo si tienes una tarjeta de crédito que te da un saldo digamos, digamos de esa manera de cinco mil y tú gastas un promedio de menos de mil, ¿verdad? Tienes como mil así, pero tu máximo es cinco mil. Eso uh-huh. es eso es bueno porque estás gastando menos del crédito que te han dado. Pero si siempre estás gastando cuatrocientos cuatro mil novecientos noventa y nueve y tu máximo uh-huh. es, es cinco mil, entonces eso afecta tu credit score porque uh, eso es lo que le está diciendo al, a a estas compañías es que, okay, uh, si le doy dinero a Sandra, Sandra se gasta todo. <risa> es como es, entonces ese y ese y ese factor um, afecta como el 30% de tu credit score entonces si tienes un crédito de diez mil dólares y estás con nueve mil dólares o sea casi al max eh, no ayuda a tu crédito a tu crédito entonces, mis recomendaciones serían uno primero lo primero pagar lo mínimo y pagarlo a, a tiempo Y uh, y si pueden, la recomendación sería que lo hagan automáticamente, ¿verdad? Ya hay formas de, de hacerlo en el internet que automáticamente se pagan esas cuentas. Así no te tienes que acordar porque cuando uno eh, tiene familia, hay muchas cosas que hacer y, y no quieres estar siempre pendiente de que, oh, ¿cuándo se pague esa tarjeta? ¿Y cuándo se pague esa tarjeta? Si puedes automatizarlo, hazlo de esa manera porque es lo más fácil. Y el, el, el segundo consejo sería que, que vean que no lleguen no tomen o hasta no no lo no lleguen al máximo. A otra recomendación que tengo ahora que estamos en COVID nineteen en esta temporada de pandemia, el gobierno uh, requiere a los tres diferentes bureaus que tenemos aquí en los Estados Unidos que les den a a, las, a la gente su historial de crédito free una vez por semana. No. Antes sí antes que antes de COVID Solamente podía revisar tu credit score, or, perdón, tu credit history, tu credit report. Que no es el número, que no es el credit report. It's, you know, they list all the credit cards you have, whether you paid on time. So it's not the score. You have to pay for the score, but it's like all the details about your credit report. Before COVID, you could only ask um, once a year for free from each of the three bureaus. But now because of COVID, you can get it at least once a week if you want to do from each of the three bureaus. So I would recommend everyone to at least this is now everyone, at least regardless of whether we're in COVID or not, you should be reviewing your credit score uh, three times a year because the first thing, choose one one uh, bureau, which is like TransUnion. And then in the next three months uh, or the next four months, go to Trans, uh, you know, Experian. And then the other next four months go to Equifax, but you should be reviewing all three credit reports because each bureau has a different way of presenting the information. They have a different way of, uh, uh, they have different information sometimes. Right. And so you have so to set, go ahead. I have a question. So what yeah. is, why, so if you're not seeing your credit score, why would you want to see the history because. Let's say I got access to your personal information. I got access to your uh, social security, your name, your date of birth, and I open an account uh, card with your name. I'm paying it. I'm paying it, right? Like I'm paying it on time. I'm paying the minimum. Your credit score is not impacted, but you never opened that account. So you need to know that every account that's listed there is your account and it's an account that you open. And also you need to see that it shows you your um, payment history. So you need to see that. Let's say I have a, you know, Chase credit card. It shows that I paid on time every month, right? Mm-hmm. But maybe it doesn't. Maybe there's a mistake, right? And so if I see that mistake, I can, now to Julie's question, I see mm-hmm. that there's a mistake in my report. Then I'm like, oh, this is what's impacting my credit score. I have to call that bureau and be like, and tell them like, there's you have to dispute it. There's a mistake in my credit report. You need to fix this, and it's impacting your credit score. So oh, wow. so this is kind of like a health health check report. Yeah, that's what you do. Like we check, we go to the doctor once a year. Uh-huh. It's kind of the same thing with our credit history. That yeah, that's amazing. That's so, really really cool. For example, your credit score is como cuando pisas la balanza, te da un número, verdad? But the credit report is como tu tu nivel de colesterol, tu nivel de azúcar. O sea, todas esas otras otras medidas que que indican tu salud. Porque el peso no es solamente, no es lo único que indica tu salud. Hay muchas otras cosas que indican tu salud, sino que nosotros claro. nos enfocamos en el, en la balanza, ¿no? Pero es claro. algo así, es, es, es exactamente lo que acaban de decir, Sandra. That's wonderful. Oh my gosh, creo que nos has dado and, yeah. tanta información. I don't even, I, like, I have so many, many notes. So we're definitely, definitely so appreciative of this because you definitely like have given us nuggets that we now have to go and I didn't know I could get it for free so why not do that thank you so much for for being here with us and I think just for fun (laughs) Sylvia Sylvia wanted to (laughs) I wanted to uh
1: to spark you with this fireside questions on the hot seat I guess I'm using all the terms at once. (laughs) <laughs> that works. <laughs> that works. That's going to be our segment. But um, so let's see. Just got feeling, right? ¿Qué te gusta, ceviche o lobo saltado? Ceviche. Okay. Machu Picchu o líneas de Nazca? Machu Picchu. Football o volleyball? Uh, volleyball. Guayno o marinera? Marinera. Y Cusqueña There's, o Pisco Sour? Pisco Sour, all the way. I thought that, man, I've that Hey, you got some of ours too. Well, thank you, Natalie. Gracias por todo. I know we go way back, but I think that our, just our Peruvian community is very thankful for all the information that you're telling us, especially our moms. And no creo que sea la última vez. I'm definitely, we're gonna invite you. you back. But tantas preguntas que tenemos. So thank you again. Uh, Sandra, you want to say ending words? Yeah,
0: so definitely, definitely. Natalie, you said that people could follow yeah. you um, on Instagram and Facebook como Nats Mundo. Nats Mundo, N-A-T-S-Mundo. Y también tengo mi página que es natalieflores.com. Perfecto. Muchísimas gracias. Thank
1: you, thank gracias. you so much. Ya yeah, sí, ya gracias nos es estamos
0: comunicando para otro interview porque yo sé que vamos a tener más más Muy preguntas, segunda pregunta y tercero, de hecho. <risa> <risa> sí, no, no. Yo thank you so much, gracias y gracias. Thank you for listening to Peruvians of USA. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe and review an Apple podcast. It lets other Peruvians find the show. If you want to hear more from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Peruvians of
1: USA. I'm looking forward to connecting with you there. All right. Talk to you soon. Ciao.